The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbro. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. It's a Blue Monday. Um, there was a lot of there's a lot of anger on Twitter. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of hurt. People are confused. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, I had to do the Rob Ryan big fat chart of defensive fun, and it was as I told Kevin, I was worried that it was going to be a snuff film. It was worse. <laughs> Dude, it was it, not so fun. It was not fun at all. The only comparison is the Seattle, the first Seattle game it last was, it, year. It was, it was like two girls, one cup, and and a snuff film morphed together. It that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right. The, the girls die in the end. The Saints. <laughs> The Saints went zero for ten in our me and Andrew's ten categories, um, but the one thing that stuck out, Andrew, as we we do this chart is you know basically we try to figure out situations where the Saints defense can get in, and they, as bad as they were, and they were horrible, they got Atlanta in third and long a bunch of times, mm-hmm. but they were horrific. So Andrew, my question to you is. You break down the film. Was this game plan failure by Rob Ryan, or was this mostly execution by the players? No, it's execution. I think when you, I mean, you said it exactly right, Ralph. I think in the NFL, you try to get off the field, and the way you can maximize your percentages of getting off the field is by forcing teams to throw in third and long situations. Them in those third and long situations, there was no rush there was no coverage and there was no tackling and when you combine those three things you're going to find a team that's converting regardless of the distance third downs at will and i, I think sp- and long third long third too. i mean yeah you so you look specifically at you know a, a throw that's gosh i mean five yards short of a first down and Corey white gets gets flagged for interference now you know i would argue that that was that was a bogus call but nonetheless i mean that you shouldn't even have close to contact there. Let him catch the ball, make the tackle, force him to kick a field goal. Uh, then another same drive, third and 12. Uh, you've got a guy near the sideline about five yards short of the first down. All Keenan Lewis has to do is make a, a, a fairly simple tackle. Um, puts out, puts forth a pretty pretty uh, weak act on that play, and the guy gets a first down. So, I mean, those are just – I mean, those are things that I don't care how bad you are defensively. Um, those are things that just can't happen. That, 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 that's the difference between holding a team to three points 
getting off the field and giving up a touchdown. It's as simple as that. And, you know, you can look at numerous times that happened in the game and all it really would have taken is one of those times um, it working out for the Saints and they would have won the game. Yeah. Here's to put it in perspective. Last year when the Saints defense had a team in third and more than seven, they only let them convert 25% of the time. Yesterday, Atlanta converted 55% of the time. That's just um, not good enough. Yeah, Dave, games that way. <laughs> Dave, before we get to the, to the the good, which was the offense, um, the biggest thing, and me and Dave talked about this in in the pre-show a little bit. The biggest worry that I have about the defense is not the secondary. I, Kenny Vaccaro was awful. He'll be better. Bird will be okay, and and the, I think the the safeties will be fine. My biggest worry is Junior Gallette got the big contract, faced a rookie left tackle. And then that rookie's left tackle, his backup, and still was a complete no-show. That, to me, is really concerning. I really worry that Gallette and Cam Jordan, they're not 12 sack guys. They're six to eight sack guys. (laughs) Is that – you giggle, but is that – I mean, is is that fair off of one game? No, I mean, I don't think it's fair to to, to – try and extrapolate their final season statistics but um it's it's i definitely share your concern and definitely agree that the one the one takeaway the one major concerning takeaway from the game is uh, as you said the inability of the front seven and the front four to to get pressure i mean this game was ripe for the Saints to, you know, put on a sack fest. You know, if, if you had asked me before the game, I would have thought at least four four sacks, maybe five sacks, something like that. I think we did discuss that actually last week on the podcast. Um, you know, it, they uh, the Rob Ryan's defense in their second year with our with our talent at, at pass rush um, should have certainly done a better job. Um, you know, should have definitely shouldn't it shouldn't have shouldn't have taken Tyron Walker in the third quarter to get the first sack of the game. Um, you know, it's just disappointing, and I don't understand. You know, I don't know whether it was uh, miscommunication or or what. I don't think it was game planning at all. Um, but you definitely expect more out of your big your heavy hitters like Cam Jordan and Akeem Hicks and Junior Gallette. You know, they're not supposed to just disappear in games like that. They're your big guys. Those are the guys that you expect the most out of and maybe pay the most. And those are the guys that you expect to show up in a game like this. You know, they're not going up against, you know, uh, a great offensive line with an all-pro tackle or an all-pro guard or anything like that. This, this, The Falcons were set to get abused, and the, and the Saints failed to abuse them. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, I think it's more. I think it's a little more on Gallette than it is on Cam Jordan. I mean, I think the whole game they were doubling Cam Jordan. They were chipping him, so they really, they really left Gallette on an island. That makes I mean, it worse, Andrew. That makes it worse. No, but well, I just know, think I, mean, I think and, and, Gallette's the one guy that really just no showed because he was one on one with a rookie, and then later Gabe Karimi, who was really a guard, and uh, had to play left tackle in a pinch and. I mean, that, those are just guys. I'm sorry, but Gallette, if he's going to be a forty million dollar sack master, I mean, those are guys that he just has to beat. Yeah, I, I agree with you on Gallette. I, I think I may disagree with you on Cam Jordan, and, and I hate to say that I agree with with Bobby Abair, but I was listening to him all afternoon, <laughs> and um, you know, despite 
being double teamed, you know, you still, I don't know if that's really an excuse. I mean, uh, I mean, you, you don't, you don't, doesn't JJ Watt get double teams that he must get double teamed every game. And he still finds a way to, yeah. you know, to, to, to make Impact, something happen yeah. out there. So, I mean, I do expect, I, so in a game where Cam Jordan's getting double teamed, sure, maybe he's not going to get two, three sacks, but I still expect him to do a little bit more. And I mean, I was just, the only the other thing I was going to say. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. You, know, you have to give credit where credit was due. Rob Ryan, I mean, not, not Rob Ryan, Jesus. Matt Ryan uh, looked great yesterday. He looked like he wanted people to start including him in the conversation when they start talking about uh, that top tier of quarterbacks like the Brady's and the Mannings and the Breezes. Uh, he looked really good. Obviously, he set the Falcons passing record. Hate to see that against the Saints. He was real slippery in the pocket. He did a great job of moving around, getting away from what little pressure the Saints were able to get on him, making things happen with that. Um, Matt Ryan looked like the better yeah. quarterback uh, yesterday. All for right. Sure. Kevin. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw two quick things out as well. Um, I, this isn't to necessarily defend the Saints. I still think the performance was very poor, um, but I just think the referees um, that Galette especially was blatantly held the entire game, yeah. and they, they just weren't calling it. They weren't calling it. Um, you know, neither team was really getting much, much of a pass rush. But when you're allowing offensive linemen to get away with those kinds of blatant holds. What's going to happen is a high-scoring football game. I mean, yeah. that's, that's just the reality of when you're not throwing a flag on stuff like that. Kevin, uh, I got into a tussle last night with a couple of people. The whole Drew Brees is not an elite quarterback on the road. Yeah, of course not. A pop, popped up, and, and I tried to make the point over and over again. I, again eventually, I just gave up. But my point <laughs> is you can't compare – it's not fair to compare Drew Brees at home – to Drew Brees on the road and say they're not the same because Drew Brees at home is a god and Drew Brees on the road is a top four quarterback. However you want to measure it. If you want to measure it by wins, completion percentage, QBR, whatever you want to measure it by, he's top four. And yet people just harp on the one pick and a couple other bad throws. 
So my question is, did you see – is there any conceivable way yesterday can be blamed on the offense? I mean – I mean, I, I, I'm, oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the guy only threw for, you know, 333 yards. The guy only had a 90.7 quarterback rating. So, I mean, fuck him, right? I mean, <laughs> isn't, that clearly, isn't that clearly what we're supposed to do? I mean, I mean, fuck Drew Brees. I mean, seriously, fuck Drew Brees for Marcus Colston fumbling the ball. Oh, fuck right? Colston, dude. That guy's dead to me. Fuck Colston. <laughs> what has he yeah. ever done for this team? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. He's a fucking problem, too. I mean, he's got to be run out of town. Both of them, in fact. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, fuck. I mean, this uh, this ain't even a, uh, a slow and steady decline. I mean, these two fuckers just fell off the earth, right? <laughs> Kevin is is just off. I know. I know Dave doesn't want to extrapolate the whole season off of one week, but I do. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh! I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. This guy is going to set. He's going to set a single a, uh, a single season record for interceptions. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, I'm not serious. Clearly, in all. I mean, I, I mean, look, look. I know, I know the. I know he finished the game with a ninety point seven uh, quarterback rating. But I mean, honestly, we're going to be lucky if he finishes over sixty. <laughs> it's, it's, off of yesterday's Terrible. off of yesterday's offensive performance and we'll break it down by pieces but Kevin off of yesterday can you do you think they'll be better than 2011 wait, wait a minute wait the offense off of yesterday's 34 points on the road 140 yards on the ground do you think the Saints offense can be better than the 2011 Saints offense I mean, I mean, shit. That's a tall order, man. I mean, that's fifty. That's over fifty-four hundred. Uh, yeah, passing yards right He's there. He's basically asking, can they be the greatest offense in the history right. of the league? Well, that's, right. I, I mean, and <laughs> <laughs> well, that a little fucking weird. Um, Denver was though. I thought Denver broke all the records. Last they time. did, but okay. Oh, uh, okay. Second okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so can they? Can they equal or better what was then considered the greatest offense of all right. time three years ago? Um, I mean, do they do they fucking have to? Because I, I mean, seriously, I mean, if this def- if the defense plays like it's going to uh, in week one, I don't know. Fuck, maybe. I mean, maybe not. Maybe not exact maybe not exactly maybe not throw for 5400 yards or whatever but i mean can it be damn close is what i'm saying or is it going to be well i mean shit in 2012 and 2013 breeze threw for over 5100 yards and he threw 43 touchdowns in, in 2012 he threw 39 in 2013 but he threw fewer fewer picks i mean if you're telling me drew breeze is going to throw over 35 touchdowns and anywhere from uh 10 to 15 picks. I'd take that. Andrew, do you think this the, just off I the do. Answer? I do. And the reason why I think they can be better, they're not going to be they're not going to put up more yards. I think when you're throwing as much as the Saints did in 2011, you're just going to post more yards. If you're talking sheer yards, I don't think they'll duplicate that. Uh, what I do what I saw yesterday was a much more balanced offense that was capable of doing anything well. I mean, it was really the ba- it was the balanced tr- Andrew. It was yeah. the balanced truther's wet dream yesterday. Exactly, and so when <laughs> when when you're running the football like that, you're, you're like not that. gonna you're not gonna put up the kind of yards you did in 2011. 
um, because running the football obviously yields a lower average. But when you have that kind of balance, what it gives you is more efficiency in the passing game. And frankly, I'm surprised Breeze's rating was only 90.7, given the mileage they were getting out of the running game. And I think part part of that is, you know, obviously he didn't get the touchdowns because, you know, a lot of the running game were, were putting a lot of those touchdowns in, and that helps rating. But I think his, his efficiency was good. Um, I think Atlanta's corners did a pretty good job of, of matching up with Meacham and Morgan on some of those deep routes. But I think as the season progresses, if Cooks continues to do that and you have Graham underneath and Pierre Tom, there's just too many weapons, and the Saints are going to start hitting on those deep balls. Um, if they can continue to run the football like they did against Atlanta, I think you'll just see a pretty much like 2011. Now, it may be a little bit different because of the way they go about things, but I think in a similar fashion, it's it's going to be pretty unstoppable. Dave, your boy, Mark Ingram, he got mad. and then he Yeah, got, he was apparently real pissed with Peyton. Yeah, he got mad. They put him back in, and he had 60 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and he clearly was – he clearly got the most carries. Is that a trend that we're going to see, or is it still going to be this sort of three-headed monster you never know week to week how it's going to go? No, I think Ingram's going to be your predominant back. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to spread the ball around everybody else, and Pierre's not going to get a few carries, and Kyrie's going to get a few carries. But, you know, if you've got to put a label and you've got a number of the running backs in order, I, you know, I, I think I think Ingram is the number one guy, and I, and I and I like it, and I think that's what the way it needs to be. I think Pierre Thomas just sort of we don't think of him as Sproles because they're so different, but he kind of just like slid right into that Sproles spot and caught seven balls. Um, yeah, but like we suspected, Brandon Cooks. I mean, he had the end yeah. around, and he had a couple of those little screens. I mean, Cooks was definitely filling in some of the Sproles role too. Yeah, Kevin. We okay. Talk- uh, all right. I'm. I'm. I'm sorry. I got to jump in. All right. So I found. Now I'll. I'll try. I'll break this down if I can find further ways to break it down, and I'll jump in if I have to. But right now on Pro Football Reference, <laughs> Breeze's passing uh, numbers, uh, home versus road. Okay. He completes 60, and unfortunately, this is his entire career. So I'm that, that yeah. includes the the Chargers. San Diego. Yeah, um, he's completed 69% of his passes. Yeah, he does. Uh, at home. 69. And he's completed six, 69.2 at home, 61.7 on the road. Uh, Garbage. Oh, wait, wait a minute. No, no, no. Ah, 66.8 at home. 65% on the road. Still he's, garbage. He's He has a 100.5 <laughs> quarterback rating at home. He has a 90.2 quarterback 90. rating. 90.2. Kevin, 90.2 rating on the road? That's yeah, yeah, total shit. better than Aaron Wilson's best year as a Saint quarterback. Yeah, he's total shit. Uh, he's, he throws 279.2 yards per game at home. He averages 270.7 yards per game on the road. Um, he's actually thrown it total 100, yeah, 130 times more total on the road than at home. That's probably because he's losing more. That's possible. Yeah. If you're um, on Pro Football Reference, you should be able to 
divide out the stats and look and get his numbers just for the Saints. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. I'll do that. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and do that. So I'm just letting you know right now. So. It, but, my, so okay, but my. But my my thing with Ralph though, you know, Ralph is the one here who who thinks that Breeze sucks on the road and is better at home. No. Well, I mean, I, I just feel like it, I feel like the main reason for that is, is weather. When, when you're talking about Drew Brees, because he plays at home in a dome, and then obviously most of the time he plays, you know, away outdoors. But I, I mean, in Atlanta, he was in a dome, so weather was a zero yeah. factor. No, I mean, yesterday. my point I was making, I was trying to make fun of the people on Twitter that say he's terrible. I mean, and the thing is, his his he's actually really really good in the cold, but the sample size is so small, you know. I think if anything that does breeze in weather-wise is not cold, it's what? not even precipitation or wind. Yeah. Wind. I think because his because his arm strength, he's really accurate and it's NFL quality arm. But his but but Drew Brees' arm, as far as if you rated probably the arm strength of NFL quarterbacks, Andrew Brees would probably be in the bottom third, maybe. Yeah, certainly not the top ten. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's the thing. But one thing I wanted to touch on, and I'll start with you, Andrew, because we talked about Galette a little bit. But the contract extension, they gave him four years, $42 million. If he gets 13 sacks this year, it goes to $48 million. That's rare. The Saints usually don't do that. They, you know, Basically, they made a bet on Galette and said, hey, we think you're going to be a 12 to 15 sack guy. So even if we have to pay you $48 million, that's a discount for a 15 sack guy. But was it a good right. idea, Andrew? Should they have just waited? Uh, I, I was surprised to see the timing of that contract. I mean, th- this is you know his second year, I believe, on that three-year deal. Um, so he, you know, usually they kind of let deals run their course before they sign a guy long-term. Um, I was surprised to see Gallette get kind of the Morstead treatment, especially because he's kind of a player that that uh, doesn't necessarily get in line with. The way the rest of the team, the rest of the locker room, they did vote him team captain, which I was surprised by. You know, he, he's kind of a player that runs his mouth a little bit more, shows a little bit more personality. Yeah. You know, he seems to be, uh, you know, on a collar a little bit less maybe than some of the other guys. Um, but uh, so I was a little surprised by that. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, most of all, I was surprised that he got more money than Jimmy Graham. Not. Well, not I mean, I, mean I, I get, I get that the position <laughs> is paid higher in the grand scheme of things, but I just, Man. just. After the whole thing they went through with Jimmy Graham yeah. and and uh, just what what Jimmy Graham means to the team to come out and basically say actually there's another guy that we think is worth more yeah. than you. But I mean, I, I was, I done was, a lot less. I was I was more than a little surprised by by the Galette deal. I, you know it, it you know obviously in Loomis we trust and I, you know I, I'm not gonna second guess how they run run things because they, they do a great job of it, but. Agreed. I really, I really do not understand why the same front office who let Drew fucking Breeze's contract expire, who let Jimmy Graham's fucking contract expire, go ahead and give an extension to Galette. Well, well Dave, it do- makes no sense. It, to me. Dave, it makes zero fucking sense to me. Well, talking about they, they want to try to get a discount for Galette. That that same theory would have worked with breeze and graham no it because they offered breeze to they offered to make breeze the highest paid quarterback at 19 million and he told him no the, the saints will give you andrew has said this a bunch of times and i'm well then let has got a stupid fucking agent no no the, the saints will give you an extension if you do their deal and the saints basically said to galette hey 
we'll pay you $10 million a year, uh, and even if you get 13 sacks, we'll pay you $48 million, which is $12 million a year, but you can't be a free agent. We're not going to wait. Because if Junior Gallette had rolled the dice and said, you know what, Saints, I'm going to roll the dice, and he'd have got – say he, he would have got 15 sacks this year and been a free agent, he'd have got – Forty million guaranteed by some desperate team that wanted a pass rusher because guys that get 12 to 15 sacks back-to-back years and are 26, 27 usually don't become free agents. So the Saints basically bet on him becoming that guy and got him at a discount. You know, and so I mean, I I don't know. I I just you know it's you know it. If, if if I don't know, I, I don't I don't get it. I, I just don't. Andrew. No, I agree with you, Ralph. I mean, I think you know, I, and we look. There was a similar situation with Pierre Thomas too. You look at him, where the Saints basically said, "This is our deal. Take it or leave it." Uh, he said, "No thanks." Then he wrecks his ankle and plays a three-game season. Um, and the, and to the Saints' credit, they said, "No, we're we're still going to offer you the deal that was on the table before." And obviously, at that point. Pierre Thomas was like, well, my stock has dropped because I just played a three-game season, so I'm going to take the deal now. Um, and uh, so it worked out. I mean, obviously, at the time when he originally rejected it, Pierre Thomas was banking on having a great season and then hitting free agency and his market value being much higher. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a roll of the dice. I mean, I think the Saints are thinking in their head that, you know, we're paying $40 million now, but it'll be he'll be worth $60 million in the offseason if he gets the 15 sacks you just talked about. And they wouldn't, so. be, they wouldn't be able to keep him. Like right, he, exactly, exactly. Because because I'm telling you, if he'd have got, say he got 15 sacks, you got a team like Atlanta who's desperate for pass rushes or, I don't know, Dallas's cap situation, but teams would fall over themselves. But, but Kevin, I'm going to bring you in here because you, like me, are – a Saints historian of bad contracts. Well, one, one, more, one more thing right, I'll just throw ahead. out there, Ralph, real quick, is that the difference, I think, between a guy like Gallette and a guy like Breeze is that they're known entities, and so they're, you know they're going to get the richest deals ever for their position. Like they, yeah. They've already kind of established themselves as, as having outplayed their contracts, and regardless, you know, they know they're going to be able to milk it for all it's worth. With the Pierre Thomas situation and Thomas Morstead, who they signed early, and even Junior Gallet, they're not—they weren't as established. Gallet, I mean, Gallet's a rising star, but he's not an established sack guy. He hasn't even been to a Pro Bowl yet. So, the, those deals are a little bit more investments. They're—they're they're paying higher maybe than what they've accomplished so far, but they're banking on the fact that they'll and, over overplay it. And Thomas Morstead's a perfect example where they invested in him, and he ended up being way better than the contract they gave him. Yeah. Kevin, uh, the Saints have signed uh, Charles Grant to an extension. That was a bomb. They signed Will Smith Bull. to an extension. That was a bomb. Oh, um, <laughs> Will Smith wasn't that bad. Well, it wasn't that bad. But, Kevin, two-part question. One, will this extension for the Saints will it be a – will it end up have been an, a good idea for the Saints? And two, how much do you think Junior Gallette – rolling around on the turf against the Colts, I believe, affected his mindset of taking the deal? Uh, I, I mean, you, you want me to point to, like, one game? I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to – I don't know. I'm not going to point to one game, but – Well, I mean, he was he, – he, for a minute there, it looked like he was severely injured and he was rolling Right, but, I, I mean, I would think that – I don't know, I, I – 
I guess I'm trying. I guess I'm looking at it as as like a regular dude on the street where I'm where the fear of injury is. Like I'm, I guess I'm always thinking of the fear of injury. Yeah, I guess. But so. but, okay. but but I, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the maybe like players aren't because maybe that's what makes them good so good at what they do is maybe they don't think about it. So obviously, this is me overthinking it, like I always do. Uh, I'm, I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to say, I'm inclined to say the game, the, that one incident didn't factor in as much as it did. Like maybe Junior Gallette was, listen, you can get me a deal, get me a deal, get it done. Well, is it going to be a good contract, Kevin? And then we'll move on to another topic. Is it going to be a good contract? Yeah. It's going to, okay. Yeah, right. Uh, Gallette just strikes me as, as he's, you know. There's a difference between Junior Gallette and Charles Grant. Charles Grant struck me and still does and always did as a person who would take the money and then and then take take off, take the year off, take the next two years off, whatever, and not put his effort. But, I mean, just based on what I get from Gallette on Twitter and the way he runs his mouth, I feel like Gallette is, uh, is internally motivated, and I feel like regardless of how much he gets paid, he wants to be the best defensive player ever in the history of football. And, uh, you know, and, and that's and I think that's one of the reasons why the Saints were willing to do what they did and pay him, because they didn't feel like he was going to be a guy who was going to take the money and then all of a sudden start taking, mm-hmm. taking off. I, don't get that I, I agree with that, but I, I think you, you just never know how it plays out. Yeah. Money, money, money always takes the sting out of a bad performance. Yeah, that is true. Just saying. <laughs> all right. Um, uh They had some other NFL news today. Uh, no. No, just a little. Just a really? little. Uh, Ray it was Rice, a bad we, day to be named Ray. It's a bad day. The, uh, Ray Rice, Ray Nagin. <laughs> oh, what happened to Ray Nagin? Oh, today was his first day in fuck me in the ass prison. Good! <laughs> I don't think he went to in the ass prison. I think he went to like... No, he went to golf course. Uh, he went to the 19th hole prison. <laughs> um... The glory hole prison. The glory hole. Yeah, I, will. I hope so. But back to that other Ray, Ray Rice. I hope Bog. I hope I. I, I hope Nagin becomes acquainted with a guy named Boggs. Bog. <laughs> Shawshank reference. Eat it, Simmons. <laughs> we can all make Shawshank references. It's and it's not plagiarism. Thank you very much. Right. Fuck off. Uh, Ray Rice video came out of him. What we all knew that he did in that elevator where he knocked his fiance at the time unconscious. I don't know. It, it was surprising. Ralph, you should right, Ralph. You should specify that the video was released to us, the general public. The NFL had already seen the video. Well, they don't. They don't. They claim they haven't, Dave. They yeah, claim okay. that well, they yeah, only right. saw it today. Sure, sure, right. Um, Kevin, I'll start with you because you like. Yeah, please. You are like me in fake outrage. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> is different and why did the media and and the NFL go all ape shit over this video explain it to me i i'm not quite get, i mean i know it's graphic and brutal but two people went into that elevator only one of them came out what the fuck did they think happened it, it, here's here's the thing you you can picture in your head like if you tell somebody all right a man punches a woman okay you got that idea in your head. I mean, shit. We've seen video of Mike Tyson knocking out, knocking out grown men, uh, real quick. So you can use your imagination and substitute a woman in there, and you can picture it. However, seeing it, 
seeing it is a different it, it's just it's a different fucking thing altogether mm-hmm. like you can picture anything in your head but seeing it gets that different visceral reaction so I, I, obviously that, that's that's where you know the the, the outrage machine get uh, got restarted and that's where things got flared up again and 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 for the media, you know, the, the media obviously, and in particular sports media, unless your name's Peter King, uh, sports media feels oh completely fucking dude. I gotta go. I gotta say, I am so tired. Peter King ought to just quit having a fucking website and just be the spokesman for the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he ought to take Greg Aiello's job. He apologized for something he knew is lies. I mean, Jesus, God. Yeah. Well, so. So I, I'm 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 not doing I'm not saying anything about fucking fake outrage. I think I think people were legitimately fucking outraged, and and and, and it kind of started to like die down. And b- based on the whole, well, you know, the commissioner came out and said that he fucking whiffed on it and all that kind of stuff, and said the league had to do better in six games. It, even though even though when you really looked at the wording, it was all kind of nebulous and didn't really mean much. But, but because the public is generally stupid and easily placated, they were able to sort of make that shit subside. But when this shit comes out, not only does it prove that the NFL and the Ravens were full of shit for claim, you know, with with with, with all that, uh, with all the stuff when the reports were like, oh yeah, they had seen, you know, they had seen the video. Which now they're claiming they're not. So, so, so either they're flat out fucking lying, or they're completely incompetent at their fucking jobs. Which I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Some, somebody, somebody emailed me uh, a joke that I thought was about about the whole about the NFL that I thought was funny, and it was uh, an NFL lawyer was talking to Roger Goodell, and he said, "Okay, Mr. Goodell, we've uh, we've got." Uh, uh, Wes Welker, he, you know, he was, we caught him for popping Molly. And Goodell says, uh, all right, well, let's give him four games. And the lawyer says, no, 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 Molly's a drug. Oh, okay, just give him two games. <laughs> Ding, try the veal. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> I, tw- I tweeted this, so I'm going to ask you. Um, I know it's horrible. Look, you shouldn't hit a woman ever. I get that. But I feel Thank like. Thank God. I feel like. Me personally and some Saints fans, like, I'm outraged more about this because I want to see Roger Goodell fall because I hate him over Bounty Gate more than I care about, like, domestic violence and players acting right. Does that make me a bad person that I really, really, (laughs) really want Goodell to get fired? Or resign over this. I don't think. Well, I, I think what people have to understand, especially for Saints fans, um, is that things are very personal with Roger Goodell um, in the way that he managed that whole Bounty Gate situation. Um, it, it, it's personal, and I, so I think any sort of hot topic that's going to come up, and I, I don't mean to downplay. You know, obviously, look, I, I watched that video, and the first thing I thought. I mean, I tweeted this out. My first reaction. You know, other than obviously Ray Rice is, is awful. How is she not dead? Yeah, how, was- yeah. Like I was, I was literally thankful. I was like, wow. Like she not only got clocked, but then hit the side railing incredibly hard, and then fell to the ground motionless. And 
I mean, you could die from something. You could easily die from I, something I didn't like that. See any of that? I felt like the whole thing happened so quickly. I, it yeah, it like, did. I mean, she was like approaching him, and then all of a sudden she was on the ground. Yeah, I mean, you, I watched it a couple times. But she yeah, could be I mean, dead or a vegetable very easily, and that's, very easily, I mean, that's crass. Very easily. But I mean, that's so, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't know what her situation is now with Rice. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully she doesn't fear for her life or anything. But I mean, I, I just, you know, I, that that in that moment, I was just glad like she still presumably okay physically and hasn't really had any major problems um since then because that, that that's scary i mean that, that's really scary um but um no I, I think you know aside from that with goodell uh, we've seen enough times now him grossly mismanage things and specific to our team um you know i think we we blame him for costing us as fans a season of entertainment um because of some crusade uh, that he was going after that had little to do with the Saints and more to do with just, again, his crusade. And the Saints were made the scapegoat, and they were the easy target, and he he took advantage of it. And so um, I, at this point, I, I don't really care what the hot topic story is. Um, whatever results in him getting negative press and him getting heat and him possibly losing his job is something I'm going to root for. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that Goodell is going to lose his job because I think we all have to remember that he works for the owners, and as long as the owners are satisfied with the job that he's doing, um, but does there come a pretty the, safe? Yeah, there, yeah, the, the public can fe- definitely put pressure. But does the there come a point where that, the owners are like, dude, we can't. This is bad publicity. Yeah, the, there, there may be that point, and I, and I mean, what I relish seeing. We're getting, Goodell, we're getting um, closer to that, guys. We're, I mean, yeah, we're not there, but we're not, getting. I would every, think close. I'd think very close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. I mean, with that, with every little thing like this that happens, it cert- that certainly becomes the possibility. Um, you know, I, I think as a Saints fan, Andrew mentioned that you know a lot, a lot of Saints fans take this personally because of what happened prior. I mean, what would really be nice is is is, is that if situations like this or even this one in particular, sort of exposed Goodell and sort of opened the eyes and 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 if people maybe start looking back on Bounty Gate and say, hey, wait a minute, if, if Goodell did this now, maybe he wasn't right back then with Goodell, you know, with, with Bounty Gate and with the Saints and all that kind of stuff. So really, I mean, I guess my hope is that Dave, maybe when he keeps making these mistakes, maybe that's eventually Dave, that that's gonna we're going to go back and then they're going to say, you know what, he kind of – he's he, he really screwed the whole thing over with the Saints. Well, you know, he's given two games for for <laughs> for for uh, beating your wife and for you know a year for drugs and a year for you know a, a system that may not may or may not have existed or whatever blah blah blah. I mean I just hoping I'm hoping that these few that these uh, the present events now and potential events in the future maybe open the eyes uh, of what's been done in the past. Yeah, well uh, that would be my like fantasy of like the TMZ has. Clear indication, I guess, would be the clear, word. That TMZ has clear evidence that the NFL lied <laughs> right. about the Ray Rice, and it's not like nebulous where the NFL can kind of weasel out of it. Like it's something crystal clear, and then right. the media is like, "Oh my God, NFL, you're a bunch of liars. We need to go back and bo- maybe you lied about Bounty Gate." And they start digging into it. That right. would be my dream. Exactly. Cent- that would be my dream exactly. scenario. I, I think I think for Saints fans everywhere, you know. Better than seeing Roger Goodell fired, I think would would be for something like that to no, happen. I him for fired. there to be, well, be, but see, fired. but the thing is, is though, having getting him fired doesn't do anything necessarily to help the the damage that that Goodell did to the state's Done. reputation. 2012 was flushed down the drain. I mean, you're, cause, because because regardless of it, whether even if Roger Goodell got fired tomorrow. 
you're still going to have Eagles fans and Falcons fans that say, well, there was a bounty gate system. But, but if, if what happens, like you just said, where they start digging and they realize that the NFL was lying about bounty gate or other things like that, then that at least vindicates the Saints a little bit. So I, I think that's the better situation more so. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on record as saying that dude still owes us a second-round draft pick. He does. Th- God, there you go. right, he does. That's what uh, I'm talking g- about. Goodell right. getting fired doesn't give us the pick back. Uh, and it, doesn't, it doesn't make us look any better in the eyes of fans, but, but a, little, a little digging and a little research could, could help uh, their reputation. All right, quickly around the horn, and then we'll get to next week and some other things. Kevin, I'm going to start <laughs> with you quickly. Does Ray Rice – play another down in the NFL who's gonna sign them Who, no. who's gonna take that chance no and I can't no I, I disagree with both I mean I think if Michael Vick found his way back to the league I think Ray Rice is a talented enough player I mean part of it obviously depends on how, how well he maintains his health his body and all that stuff but I think he's a talented enough player that uh, NFL teams get desperate for talent, man. They they get they. We saw it with Vic. Teams are desperate. You know, and the thing is, the thing is, and I'll give it. I'll give the NFLPA credit. You know, the, you know, the video came out today, and Roger Goodell was like, "I need to see you suspended indefinitely." Um, kind of like the bounty gate, where he was like, "Film me, he's suspended from forever." And the NFLPA really went to bat for those Saints players, and it might be unpopular, but they, I think the NFL players union might say, "Look." You said Ray Rice was suspended for two games, and he should be suspended for two games. You, you can't just leave him suspended indefinitely. So we'll see. Well, the, yeah, I mean, I'll put it to you. I'll put it to you guys this way: if if it was it was, if it was such a sure thing that he would never play again, then why did Goodell, Goodell immediately send a memo to all 32 teams saying, "Do not negotiate with Ray Rice. We will not we will not clear it if if you sign a contract with yeah. him." So, I mean, that, that's obviously teams are immediately poking around saying, hey, well, yeah, when he becomes available from suspension, we sure could use some help at running Jacksonville back. Jacksonville could use him. Yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 think, I think, you know, he, if he goes through rehabilitation and, you know, he has a successful marriage with his wife, I mean, you know, I, I hope that happens. I really do. I hope he transforms his life. I believe people can change. And, you know, as big of a monster as he is for what he did, I uh, you know, I believe in second chances, and I think if Michael Vick was was able to make something out of something awful, and guys like Ray Lewis and Dante Stallworth were able to come back to the league after uh, the horrible things that that went on with them, uh, there's no reason why a guy as talented as Ray Rice can't either. Now he's going to have to be a model citizen for over a year um, to be able to get that privilege again, but I, I definitely think it's possible. There's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. There's, there's, there's only, there's one thing I think that 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 is in Ray Rice's favor, and obviously I don't condone anything that Ray Rice did, but it is, you know, if this was a trial and and we were, you know, being legal and all that kind of stuff, um, the, it's, it is almost a little fair, un, unfair, to suspend Ray Rice indefinitely for a, a year and and who knows for his whole career, who knows when you've had guys behind him, Brandon Marshall, Greg Hardy, whoever else that have gotten themselves in trouble and hit their spouses, girlfriends, whatever. Domestic more than violence. once, more than once. Right. Yeah. yeah. And only gotten suspended two, three, four games or whatever. It's, it's to me, it's almost not fair that you slap this on Ray Rice. In other words, I, I feel like Ray Rice almost has to get 
a pass, not a pass. I mean, he, he has to get suspended, but, you know, not necessarily career. And he has to get somewhat of a pass. And the NFL has to say, okay, from this point on, now anybody who's involved with domestic violence, you know, it's going to be a year or more for you. But yeah. it's kind of not fair to, to start with Ray Rice simply because this video came out and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I think I – think they need to say, okay, you know, maybe ban him for a year. Mm-hmm. They want to get tough or whatever. Maybe ban him for a year. You can't ban him for life. I think you ban him for a no. year at the most, and you say, okay, you know, that's it. From now on, you may potentially get banned for life. But you know, it's it's almost it's almost not fair to all those other you know to, to all those other guys who, who who were in trouble before and they just got the slaps on the wrist. Well, also, I mean, I think the the league that just they just changed the rule, and I think it's the first offense I think is a year suspension, and the right. second offense is a lifetime ban. Yeah, and well, if those are the new of- rules that were just put in place, you can't give Ray Rice a, right. a, a lifetime ban when yeah, you just exactly. just just established a new rule that doesn't exactly. ban someone for life the first offense. Right. You you just be, I mean, and and obviously they're establishing that rule because of this situation and because of Ray Rice. Right. But, right. Uh, but but if 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 Ray Rice hit his wife and was suspended on July 13th and you come up with a new rule on July 14th, whether it, you know, yeah, he's you grandfathered still, in. Yeah, yeah. He's grandfathered in and you got to give him whatever suspension you had on the books on July 13th and not July 14th. So, I mean, you know, and again, obviously nobody here is defending Ray Rice. But. No, it's just, but I mean, it's, it, you gotta have, you gotta have in, in life, you gotta have rules and procedures and things of that right. nature, but right. all right. Without rules, there's that. <laughs> There's anarchy. All right. Without rules, Roger Goodell just gets to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Rule, rules are what separate us from the animals. I like I like Fired Up Dave. All right. I don't know how to segue to this, but I'm segueing to it anyway. Uh, it's year one of the Chronic Podcast Fantasy League. Fantasy. And this week's uh, who, update, who the only person that is getting their ass kicked worse than me Kevin. is Kevin. Nice. I knew it. Kevin's getting beat 93 to 49. I'm getting beat 96 to 60. I, I am fantasy football Ebola. I have two teams. I have Eddie Lacy. He's concussed. I have Adrian Ellington for the Cardinals. He hurt his foot warming up in practice. I have uh, Ben Tate. His knee. He got concussed and has a knee issue. Uh I touched is Ben Tate is Ben Tate gonna play against the Saints? I am, I am. I I I feel bad that I no probably not. I drafted Colston and he started for me. I'm probably personally responsible for the Saints losing. Um, Kevin, do you have anything to say for yourself before we move on? Yeah, I mean it's pretty goddamn embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> not I mean, as embarrassing as paying twenty six dollars for Ben Tate. But oh God, no, 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 no. It'll it'll never be it'll never be that bad. I mean, let's face it. Aaron Rodgers got me only nine points. Jamal Charles only got me two. Well, if you played Aaron Rodgers against the Seahawks, then you only have yourself to blame. Hashtag well, it was either that or, well, it was either that or play Tony Romo against the Niners. No! Oh, oh, man. Well, that's just bad drafting, my that friend. Is. That's bad week one drafting. It is. It is. Um, Kevin, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame your impotence at fantasy football on uh, on uh, having no cable television. Could be. Thanks. But that's that's yeah. that's the that's the week one standing so far. Uh, the high score so far is Breezes, King of the Jews, King of the Drews. Sorry, <laughs> a little little slip there. All right. Um, that's what she said. That's the recap of the fantasy league. So now we're gonna get to 
uh, the Twitter questions, and we have a bunch. Uh, first one is interesting uh, from Joe. Uh, Patrick Robinson is a dumpster fire. Andrew, what are the trade possibilities? <laughs> the trade possibilities? <laughs> are you fucking kidding Twitter, me? Twitter's <laughs> the trade possibilities? Week one, they're desperate, man. Did you see? Did you see the thing? I tell, I, I tell, I I tell you what. I tell you what. I'll tell you what the trade possibilities would have been. Uh, in, in 1982, when the Saints had 17 draft picks, 17 rounds of drafting, they might have got the 16th round pick for Patrick Robinson. Well, no, but no. There's only about trade in gen, like trade for a corner. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, that's, that's, you just mean trade. in general picking someone no, up. Patrick Robinson is so terrible. What are the the, what are the trade options for the Saints to fix the problem? I mean, who knows? I don't think you know teams are are panicking just yet. You got to wait till closer to the deadline, closer to you know week six or whatever, um, to, for teams to really form their identity and find out who's expendable, who's not. But um, you know, I think I think the Saints are coming pretty close to realizing possibly that uh, the number two corner for this team is just flat out not good enough. And so I think you look at bringing back – if there's a problem against the Browns, who by all accounts without Josh Gordon are a farce of a passing attack. They looked pretty good um, yesterday. I guess. They did look pretty good yesterday. But I think if the Saints have similar struggles against Brian Hoyer and a, a receiving core that's missing Josh Gordon, then and it looks like Jordan Cameron's hurt, so he may be missing. But if they have some similar struggles – I think you have to start looking into, hey, how's Jabari Greer's recovery going? Hey, how do we call Champ Bailey again? Do we bring him back? Do we think about trading a second-round pick next year for one of these corners that could start to come in and start for us? Um, th- those, I-, I do think that's something that they I'm, need to seriously look at. I'm going to throw out a name here, and it wouldn't necessarily be an interesting fix. It would only be a flyer. Is Morris Claiborne was awesome at LSU. He's kind of a disaster for the Cowboys. But that's mostly because the Cowboys' safeties are fucking atrocious. If Dallas is the dumpster fire we all think and hope they might be, at the deadline, maybe Rob Ryan says, hey, go get Morris Claiborne, and they get him for like a six-round pick, and you take a flyer on him. There's no way Dallas is giving him away for a six-round pick. I mean, you'd have to to give up at least a third or second even. Eh, Okay. All right, next question. This is for Kevin. Oh, good. Uh, Kevin, is it me, or does the coach for the Cowboys look like the guy from Star Wars, that pink guy at Jabba the Hutt? Wait, the pink guy at Jabba the Hutt? I thought maybe you would know that because you're Star Wars. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I am, but I'm like, wait a minute, the pink guy? Like, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, you need better. Are, are we talking Jabba's, like, assistant with the weird neck thing? Yeah, I guess. Yes. So. Yeah, I think that's it. He, I always, shit, I always thought he looked more like a just ultra-white. Um... Uh, maybe when Jason Garrett tries to do that, tries to like grin, but he kind of just opens his mouth a little. Maybe he looks like him because I'm trying to think. I'm thinking of a couple of pictures of Jason Garrett in my head that, yeah, I mean vaguely, but I I, I don't know if I would call that a fun, uh, fun bonus question, Kevin. Sure. Does Sean Payton beat the Cowboys so bad on Sunday night football in week four that he gets Jason Garrett fired? Oh, it's happened before. They got beat so bad on a Sunday night they fired Wade Phillips because of it. I'm just saying. Just saying. 
I thought uh, Bill Parcells was the coach. No, it was Wade uh, Wade Phillips, and then they shit canned him. Uh, are you are you? Well, shit, maybe it happened twice. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. of when they did it, and uh, Mike Carney scored the four touchdowns. Wasn't uh, Parcells? yeah, but they didn't, they didn't fire Parcells because of that. Oh shit! So it happened. Okay, it happened again. Oh yeah, yeah, because wasn't at the. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Wasn't that Meacham? Wow. No, that was when Mark Ingram went nuts, right? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. So no, no, that was last year. Anyway, is 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 Jason Garrett? Yeah, sure. I'll say yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Dave, since you're a foodie, this one is specifically for you. Oh, perfect. Uh, uh, what is your post game comfort food, and what is Rob Ryan's? <laughs> Rob Ryan's is beer. <laughs> um, uh, I don't I, I don't really have a post game comfort food this this last week we were at a friend's my, my friends and I have all we've created a Google Doc and we're each going to host um, a Saints game at our respective houses and we've got it all very organized and so it's kind of interesting but um, I assume this is the road games well no no it's for all the games I'm just I'm just obviously I'm only going to be attending the the road games, and I'm going to host a road game. I have the November 30th game, uh, but um, I, I don't I don't have a comfort food. I, I, so, so we should be expecting less tweeting than usual from you on November 30th. Uh, no. Well, I, yeah. I mean, he's well. I mean, he's he's got a he's got a carefully uh he's got company. Uh, yeah. No, I don't need that. No. He's got to entertain he's gotta, his guests. Got to be no, got to be squeezing there. that lemon zest over over <laughs> and and carefully measuring the paprika. Uh, my wife does most of the cooking in our in our house chauvinist Um, i didn't didn't say that's the way it should be i said that's that's the way it is um i i i I really don't have a comfort food you know anything really booze is the best comfort uh after, after a saint's loss yeah i was i was i was drinking crown out of the bottle the whole <laughs> Andrew, this comfort this this question is for you from from Cha-Ching. Uh, after watching the Cialis commercial, I was curious <laughs> if any of you have ever gotten aroused watching your wife varnish a bench. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, well I know that Kevin's answer to this is no. Um let's see. Uh God, how do I respond to this responsibly? My God. Uh, I have seen those commercials. They're they're ridiculous. I haven't um, seen that. I don't, I don't think I know what we're talking about. My wife you hates know, to see Alice commercials with a passion. She says, <laughs> "Old dirty people stop having sex every time they come on." <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I, I love my wife. So <laughs> there you go. She's standing in the room, isn't she? Yeah, <laughs> she, she's an she's an earshot away. That's, that's code for that's code for Juge saying when I see her play when I see her adjusting tennis rackets, I get a little funny. <laughs> that's that's the uh, that's the Twitter questions for this week. Uh, that's all, it. That's it. Always fire more. We'll no. answer more. All right. Now we got everybody was so depressed. That's that. what happened. Everybody it was is. depressed. People were just depressed and. Yeah, that, I mean that game did suck. My God, yeah, that was awful. Real dick kick. It was. It was. A, it was a dick kick because you know if the Saints, if the Saints had pulled it out, Atlanta wouldn't recover. I, I um, gotta say, it, it being Atlanta first game of the season, I mean that that was a huge hit to our collective pride. It yeah, really and was. I wanna, I wanna say, I said this on the podcast with Kevin. 
uh, I'm going to say it again here, and I said it in my column, and Bill Barnwell for Grantland backed me up. Atlanta, you're never winning a Super Bowl with Mike Smith because he has no balls. To run two dive plays and a throwaway when you're at the 38-yard line and trotting out your fat kicker to kick another 50-yard field goal, he made it. But that was horrible, horrible play calling. And if there were just football gods, he would have missed. But you're never winning because that conservative play calling is going to cause you heartache and pain. I promise. Yeah, that, that, that's it. You know what that is? That's Jim Moorball. It is. It is. And, and, and he deserved – they deserved to have that kick miss. But that's Jim Mora, as, as we painfully know, Jim Moorball always comes back to front. Yeah. All right. Um, Saints going to Cleveland. Dave, I'll start with you. They are a six, six-and-a-half-point favorite according to Vegas. Um, Cleveland. Just I don't I mean, just take the floor. Give me give me uh, a, a score, a prediction, the MVP, and any other thoughts. Well, I mean I think it's going to be a blowout. I feel bad for well, I don't really feel bad for them, but you know Cleveland fans should feel bad for Cleveland because uh, the Saints are going to unleash all the anger that they're feeling this week from losing the Falcons on Cleveland. Dave, you said you said the Atlanta game was um, going to be a blowout. I, I did, I did, and um, and I was wrong about that. And and I'll say that uh, it was the defense that that screwed me on that. If the defense had played uh, even up to half of their ability, I think the game would have been. It, the game was the Falcons game was on route to be a blowout. I mean, it was what twenty to seven or something. Twenty to six. Yeah, yeah, twenty to, 20 to seven. Um, oh, they, twenty. They, was, they just couldn't close. It was it twenty. It was twenty to seven. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, so I do think. Okay, but I mean, you can't compare. Atlanta is a, a good quality team. The Browns are just terrible. Um, they almost uh, won yesterday, Dave. They they came no, back from twenty-seven two. to three. Against two. Pittsburgh. They ran for two hundred yards. Whatever. Well, that's a division opponent. So, you know, when you play a division opponent, it's always a different game. Uh, I, I fully expect a pretty healthy win. Huge um, did point out that I was wrong, but I I think I was correct though because I think Brandon Cooks was going to be yeah you did MVP, and uh, I couldn't have been more right about that. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself, um, so score I'll go with uh, 38. To 13 Saints and um, MVP. You know what? I'm gonna go with somebody on the defensive side here. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Jairus Bird. He went to Jairus. I went went with Jairus. It can Uh, only be (laughs) Jairus. Andrew, thoughts on the Cleveland game? I think it's going to be an ugly game. I think uh, I, I don't. I think the Browns may not pass one time the whole game. <laughs> I, I know that sounds crazy after Matt Ryan just threw for 500 yards on the Saints, but I, I literally think the Browns are just going to hand off. I mean, they just ran for 6.1 a pop against the Steelers, uh, almost 200 yards, and I think we all know that. And ben Tate the, had the, none of it. The Saints' run defense is porous, so I think. Uh, the Browns are just going to say, you know what, we're going to be physical, we're going to run the ball all day, and we're going to see if the Saints can stop us uh, in between the tackles. And uh, so I think you know that that'll run a lot of clock. I think it'll be lower scoring than you'd expect. Um, 
I think it's I think it's going to make us nervous. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think uh, you know the advantage is maybe the experience and the talent on the Saints roster. Um, so I'm going to say Saints 24 to 20. Who's the who's the, oh MVP? Uh, I'm going to say that uh, Cam Jordan has a big bounce back game. I'm going to go with Cam Jordan. Kevin, uh, I'll pick the game and I'll go. Uh, I say Colston has a big game. Uh, I think uh, touchdown catch, six seven catches, ninety uh, between ninety and yeah over ninety yards of receiving. Um, and, and if we're going to pat each other on the back for things that we said about last week's game, I think I said Mark Ingram was going to have a good day. You did. Uh, so I'll be, I, c- I could see Mark Ingram going apeshit in this game. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to say blow. I mean, I'm not going to say blowout, but it, it, obviously they'll cover. Um, so I'll go, uh, Saints 27 Browns 17. Like that. I thought I said last week the Saints kicker that they hadn't signed yet would make the game winning field goal. I was so close when it was yeah, in overtime. Were. I was close. This game is going to be a clusterfuck of a game. I agree. Like Tampa week two last year. I agree. And the Saints are going to escape, and all the experts that pick the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, they're just going to say forget it, and. There's going to be gnashing of teeth, and it's going to be horrible. I'm going to say the Saints are going to win, and they're not going to score a touchdown. They're going to win 15-14. to 14. Graham's <laughs> going to kick a 48-yard field goal at the gun. And I'm going to be so drunk on the postgame podcast that uh, it's going to be shameful. I'm going to have to put the adult-only uh, notification. And on that note... Thanks for joining us. We wrapped up, Andrew, in an hour and three minutes every week. This podcast is not going to be longer than an hour five, I promise you. So for Dave, go to Canal Street Chronicles. Everything's there. For Andrew, go to Saints Nation. For Kevin, follow him on Twitter. Go to Hakeem Drops the Ball. He wrote something. Uh, yeah! No, he did. Yeah, he did. I'm no. Ralph Paul, bro. Wait, what did he write? Uh, no. Yeah. Until next week, uh, be safe. Kevin, you you wrote something? Yeah. What? One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.